live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hello, listeners and J-Rod Concerts family. And we are stoked about today's guest, guys. One of the most admired, respected, and cherished musicians in North America today, Langhorn Slim, guys. His uh, real name is Sean Skolnick, but Langhorn Slim is his moniker. Super applauded, a Nashville institution, if you will. And he released, in my opinion, one of the top three albums of the year so far. Some people may even say that it is the, uh, the best one. It was called Strawberry Mansion, and it was released late January of this year. And it is the quicentennial pandemic album. It just goes into the, the deep into the psyche of Sean, who had a lot of uh, personal turmoil and uh, personal challenges. And this is how he dealt with it, with an outstanding double album, just a spectacular thing. So Langhorn Slim, Sean Skolnick, he's from Pennsylvania. Like I said, he lives in Nashville now where he's like an institution. And uh, he was chosen as number five on the Rolling Stone editor's top 10 picks uh, for his song Electric Love Letter. That's how he burst onto the scene. Uh, He's played stuff like Bonnaroo, uh, you know, the Avid Brothers. He's played with everybody, the Lumineers, you name them, he's played with them. He is an institution. In fact, one of the most in-demand tickets in Nashville is the New Year's Eve event at City Winery with Langhorn Slim. Uh, we talk about that in the interview, but yeah, it's it's like a Nashville tradition, really. And uh, stoked to have Langhorn here on the show. We chat about the creative process, pressure. We talk about the New Year's Eve thing. We talk about the new album. Just a spectacular, spectacular guy and a classic episode. We hope you guys enjoy it. If you are new to the J-Rod Concerts Media, please give us a review uh, on Spotify, iTunes. That stuff helps us a lot. So just take 20 seconds of your time and give us a review. It would be, it would mean the world to us. So thank you for that. And without further ado, Langhorn Slim on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Ooh, Jimmy. Sean Skolnick. Let me see. There you go. Look at you. Look at you. How you doing, man? What does a 15-minute interview look like? I don't know. Let's let's try to find out. <laughs> How are you, brother? Doing great, man. How's everything going with you? It's going well, man. It's going yeah. pretty well. Are you still in Nashville? I am. I am. We're coming from the Gulch. Uh, you know? oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, are you in your house? I heard about the famous pink house. Yes, I am. From my buddy Adam Chaffins. He said, ask him about the pink house. I'm like, all right. Got to yeah, yeah. shout out to the, pink house. From the pink house. I love it. I love it. I love it, Sean. But you yeah, I mean, come over sometime. Oh, that would be an honor. Absolutely, Sean. But yeah, man, it's great to see you. I mean, first of all, I have to tell you, it's a great honor to talk with you, Sean, because I mean, your songwriting, as we've gotten into it, dude, what the hell, man? Like, no wonder you're a natural institution, man. It just goes straight to your gut. It is the most incredible thing that I've ever experienced, man. Congratulations. Just wonderful stuff, dude. You know, you know how to flatter a boy. Well, it's true, man. It's true. Yeah, and, yeah. and another cool thing is, you know, everyone loves you as, as a person, like just like from being here like six months, everyone is like, man, Sean Langhorn Slim, what a guy, what a character, 
what a pe- what a person. So when you hear that, all those elements, man, you're just like, great. I got an honor to have you on the show. That's the point. It's my honor. Thank you for the kind word. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, Sean, you know, you are more than a singer songwriter to me, like you're like a poet. So I guess the question is, do you walk around with like something to write down your thoughts, your random journals, like as you go around town, around the country? No, no. Okay, cool. I should, though. Do you record them on your phone at all or or nothing? Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to write stuff down, but but I was like, you know, I was in school and it was hard to pay attention. So little uh, stories or or poems or something like that would pop into my head or something. And then I would I would write those down. So I have journals from like when I'm a, a kid. But for many years, I don't I don't I don't I don't write down even a lot of the, the songs when they're written in my head. They're just um, I'll record them on the phone, which I wouldn't recommend. I mean, I would recommend because most people are more tech savvy. I've lost a bunch of ideas through not um, saving them to the cloud. Oh, and really? That's a thing. Sure. That's a, that's a thing. And right. years ago, if, if uh, somebody even said that line, I would not believe that that was even um, something in our future that you would have to save something to something called the cloud. That's crazy. Because, you know, before, you know, songwriters, there's stories of them losing, the, like losing their lyrics, you know, leaving them in airports or all that stuff. And there's now, also stories of people yeah. like losing manuscripts or them blowing out of the car, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there, there was great uh, loss, of course, and heartache and a breakdown. But then that led to the, the writer's greatest work. So I don't know if those, any of those stories are true. Yeah. Um, but I've tried to recall those stories the, the couple times over the years that I, you know, when you, if you have one of these types of phones, you pull it out of your pocket sometimes and all the applications are shaking. They're nervous. Yes. And there's an, there's an X on them. Yes. And a yes, couple yes. of times, maybe it was a cosmic, the, the, the spirits or something were guiding me to just push that X that would delete the voice memos app. Yeah. Um, so let's hope that my best work happened after that happened. But yeah, I, I've shed tears in a Green Hills mall parking lot because the Apple wizards told me that there was no way to um, recall these uh, these voice memos. Man. But to answer your question, Jamie, um, <laughs> what, what I'll do is maybe if I hear something that somebody says or a line pops out or something, I, I'll either speak it into the phone or I will jot it down um yeah what i have what i've uh realized is through the voice you know through the smartphones sure i've pulled up like from when i was a teenager early 20s those professional uh walkmen you know with the with a proper cassette oh yeah and and i'd listen back to sort of demos or whatever you you would want to call them uh on these cassettes and what i found is that the songs are almost fully formed when i would record them whereas now you could just record any little idea that that you have which you might think is going to so half the time i listen to these things and i have just no idea what the hell i'm getting at oh Um, man that's great so i don't know yeah well well thanks for answering that that's totally trick and i can see the green hills montage you know the suburban mothers you know with their fro yo in their hands and like you're just you just lost you just lost a song i'm just i'm just bawling into my fro yo (laughs) my mocha latte Right. <laughs> yeah, you're funny, a lot, funny a lot of bullshit, right? Yeah, oh yeah. my god, I love it. I love it. And of course, we're still celebrating Strawberry Mansion 
uh, I, I forgot to mention Sean, you know, which is your seventh album, one of the year's best, if I'm not, if, if, in my humble words so far, what an album for Mighty Soul to the last of, you know, for the children, the whole thing. But at this point in your career, Sean, when you've played all over the world, you've had, you know, seven records, how is it? Is it more fun to put an album now or was it better in the beginning, kind of like when you had nothing to lose, with everything to gain? In other words, nobody knew Langhorn Slim. There was no pressure in a way. And now because you've kicked never, so much butt, you know? I've ne that's a, certainly a, would be an outsider's, outside of myself's perspective. Right. Um, I, I never felt like I had nothing to lose. I was always trying to prove something to myself. So in my mind, I knew, I knew where I wanted to. I had built something up in my mind before anybody heard any song that I wrote or before I hit any stage gotcha. um, for better or for worse or, or none of the above. There was already an image of, in my mind of what I wanted to do and, and where I wanted to be. Um, so I think that there were pressures that I put on myself from the first record <clears throat> and um, for some fear of sounding perhaps corny, every time I do it, particularly this time, it did feel like a bit of a rebirth. I hadn't written in a long time it feels yeah. it feels new every time um sometimes the newness is more cathartic or exciting sure than, than others if i'm being honest about it but um <laughs> i don't know maybe it's part of what keeps some people going there's there's always something more to prove to to yourself and um a feeling of of newness and wanting to i don't know if it's recreate yourself for your creativity i don't know if i feel like that but to get back to the essence of it the newness of it i think when you're a kid and you're just starting not even putting out a record but when i was first writing songs it was a vast sea of creative possibilities because i hadn't developed any of my own tricks so to speak right so there's a desire now to kind of forget what i've learned and um and swim in that vast sea once again, if that makes I love sense. That. I love that. So it's almost like every album is like a completely different you. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, yeah. In a way. I don't know that each one has been that or that the listener would be able to tell. It probably still sounds like me in the four and a half chords that I know. But um, but internally or, or, or the... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this record in particular felt like uh, it felt childlike again in the sense of writing song. You know, it was it was a pandemic record. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was written in the first few months of a quarantine. I had just um, uh, I just gotten sober again. I was yeah. uh, struggling mightily for a while, and that was cutting off my connection to whatever that um that source is mm -hmm. the spirits the, sure. the, the creative um dance floor uh and i wasn't really dancing on it so coming back to home to nashville yeah tornado pandemic getting sober starting to recognize myself again um songs started to show up in a similar way i would say as when i was a kid that were just like for the joy of playing the song less of the inner yeah. critic that was like is this shit good enough because yeah. at that time it was like and it, and i should carry that we should all i think in my yeah. opinion carry that on like good enough for what if you know if it's good enough to sit on the couch 
and play it and the cat's there and the cat's seeming to well the cat sometimes he likes to come <laughs> of it and doesn't give a shit. Right. But it was just um trying to keep it simple and to be in a flow of of a creative space as opposed to control it and to wonder um how well it would do or what some people would think of it. Um, right. which of course I'm not immune to these uh insidious thoughts mm -hmm. but um it it through all the <clears throat> nightmarish elements of this pandemic for me on a deeply personal level and i know i'm not totally unique in this it afforded me an opportunity to slow down and to kind of be creative again not sim I, would, I don't know that it's simply but just for the love of um of being in that in that zone yeah Oh man, I love that. It's super intense. And when you finish, when you like emerge from this zone, Sean, like I'll tell you what, like um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Billy Joel Armstrong of Green Day, he once said that when he finished American Idol, uh, he was, he, he, he wept. He wept for a couple of days because just putting that entire, like what you're saying, that entire energy, emotions into like a body of work, like are there times to, like that you say to yourself, like, God, like how can I do this one more fucking time? Like you just left everything out there. Yeah, uh, I've had that experience that you're referring to in my own way to some extent. Um, I wish there was more of a grace period after, like this was the most writing um, that I had ever done. This was like a wave that lasted almost three months where songs were coming almost daily or every other day or something like that. I've never had that, um, that last that long after making a record that I'm really, that's, that has been a true gift um, to, to have been able to, to make with my friends and, and, um, and to have and to, to share with whomever wants it. Uh, there is then a feeling after that, there, there's sort of, um, I don't know that uh, blissful would be right, but there's a, there was a peaceful feeling that I, that I felt for a little while. And uh, then almost to my dismay, it's okay, what am I gonna do? I need to do something today. When am I gonna write the next one? Um, so it is an emotional roller coaster. I think of um, the sweet spot for me this time was, was writing it and then we were able to record it very quickly after I, I wrote the songs, which is a beautiful way for me to do it because it right. stays it stays uh, in, the, in a raw organic, state. yeah, organic, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, uh, and then, uh, and then the record came out quickly. It came out, I think, three months later, or something, four months later. Didn't take too much time. Um, and now we're, you know, when I'm sitting talking to you about it, it feels like it's a thousand years ago, and right, and, and what's coming next. So I love it. I love it, uh, Sean. You're being so good with your time. Let me ask you a couple more songs. What is your pre-show ritual? Sean, because, you know, you're a road warrior. I mean, before the pandemic, you were in Punta Cana, you know, all this great stuff. But like, mm -hmm. you're, you're a consummate, like you kick butt on stage. Like, what is like the, the 30 minutes before you hit the stage look like for you to get into that great state? Um, well, it used to be drinking myself silly. Thankfully, it's not that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, I mean, I, ha I haven't developed a, a pre-show ritual really, but um I do tend to go off on my own, as I think a lot of uh, 
singers or or the the lead person in the band um not that i really view it that way but you know for the sake of making some sense right uh, right i go and get get quiet for a while and then <clears throat> i get quite nervous i have uh, i definitely have stage fright sure um and then on my way back to the venue or when i walk into the venue i uh i tend to usually feel at ease and get into whatever the thing is that that uh propels an insane person to get on stage in front of a bunch of people and um yeah and uh demand a lot of attention for a couple hours <laughs> i dig it i dig it man i dig it and uh, okay i'll leave you off with this sean we, we briefly talked about this when we met but everyone raves about the new year's eve parties in nashville with Langhorn Slim. It's like, I think when the pandemic canceled stuff, people were bummed about that. Not the fireworks, not the traffic, but like there's going to be no Langhorn Slim this year at City Winery. What is it about that night, uh, Sean, that everyone loves, that it's so special? That it's clearly a tradition. Yeah, it's a tradition. We've done it. I think this would have been the seventh or eighth year. And uh, you use the word organic, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back. <laughs> I think if... If people connect to it or like it, it's it's um, because it is truly an organic kind of show. It's um, it's me and a bunch of my favorite songwriters that are in town or happen to be in town and, and favorite friends. And we all come. I host it. I play throughout, but we all play on each other's songs. Um, they have not been rehearsed for hours. Um, and I think people kind of get the vibe of it being like what a party at my place would be or at your place would be your who's ever, you know, where people are sitting around and, and playing songs. So we try to keep that, that feel and not, uh, not, not polish it up too yeah. much. And um, I, I mean, that's what I love about it. So I, you'd have to ask people if they're saying nice things about it, but, but maybe that's, um, that's a quality to it that they connect to. I dig it. I dig it. Well, Sean, we kept it to 18 minutes, pretty close. I dig you, Jamie. Yeah, next time we could do 25 minutes. Oh, man. Listen, you've said it all, Sean. It's been a pleasure. There's so much I could talk to you. We could go on for hours. So, what well, can you do? anytime, but... brother. Anytime. And thank you and so much. You're, you're living in Nashville now full time, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. So now that things are opening up, we'll be seeing each other around, I'm sure. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Sean. Thank you for your time, brother. Take Peace. care, man. Thank you. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.